are coming to a close on our series on Proverbs, and uh, we kind of took a shortcut through Proverbs. Instead of going through each chapter from 10 through 30, we divided into eight categories. So tonight, I'd like to discuss those eight categories and um, uh, see if you have any questions on it, and we'll take some time for testimonies as well. <coughs> I've, you probably, like me, have read through Proverbs several times. I used to do it as a monthly Bible reading to read a, a, a chapter a day. If you have a month with 31 days in it, you can get through all 31 chapters. Um, uh, when, I was a, when I was a young, young believer, um, I had a challenge in my life. I, was, I knew I was going to be going to a, uh, uh, moving to a difficult school, going into the seventh grade. And so I took it upon myself to to read Proverbs. I wanted to get wisdom for how to, to go about um, my life. And you know, that, that, that seems funny now, but it, it was an important, um, for one, it shows that you can be serious about living for the Lord at a young age. And, and I wanted to know how to face some of the challenges I was going to face. So one of the things I did was to, to read and to study through Proverbs. Now that I read through it, I, I wonder how much I understood back then. I don't know, but uh, certainly God is able to take his word and to, to, to make it uh, useful for whoever um, wants to take it. But I've known, I've done, if you've probably done the same thing, read through Proverbs several times. Each time, though, that I read it, I get something from it. Um, sometimes, this particular time as I studied through it, I was just, um, I don't know, overwhelmed might be too strong of a word, but just how do you teach chapter 10 through 30 as you look through it, as you read through a chapter? There is so much material there, and it, it doesn't seem to, to, to follow a theme or pattern that's easy to teach. And so this time, I thought I would teach it this way by looking at um, eight categories. What I did, starting at chapter 10, I would read, and every verse... I read cha chapter 10, verse 1. I'd say, what category does that belong in? And I put it in a category. Chapter 10, verse 2, the same. All the way through till you get to chapter 30, the end of chapter 30. And I put every verse in a category. I should have brought my paperwork with me. Maybe that would have been impressive for you or something. Um, after I did that, I, I lined out, uh, just charted out what categories. I didn't even know what categories I was going to use until I, until I started doing it. And I recognized some were uh, recurring. When you do something like that, obviously, um, some things are going to fit in more than one category. Um, and and that's, that's okay. Um, that it just happens that way. But as I started to do it, I came up with eight major categories, and you could probably divide those up differently. For instance, one of my categories was, was character. And under character, there's a lot of different things that, that list there. And I, I listed out another thing that could have been under character, but I put it out separately because I thought, uh, and that was diligence and laziness. I thought there was so much talk about that 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 maybe deserved a category of its own. So there's a lot of things in Proverbs that we have not really touched on and talked about. Um, and, and it would be difficult to talk about, you know, to teach through it and talk about everything and have... Uh, have a study that, you know, doesn't last for 10 years. Um, <clears throat> so 
I tried to, to summarize and, and, and be brief in that. But the eight categories I came up with were, number one, righteousness and wickedness. Um, several, that was the most verses, more verses fall under that category than any other category that I came up with in Proverbs. The second most uh, popular one was wise and foolish. It was very close to um, righteousness and wickedness. And I guess if I would look at my notes, I could probably tell you how many verses fell under each one. Let me see if I can do that. The second category, wise and foolish. The third category would be communication. The Bible says a lot about how we should uh, communicate, talk, and relate to each other. Um, what our speech does, how important our speech is. And, and so that was the third category. The fourth category uh, was character, our character. Um, one of the things that I didn't deal with a lot is the, the idea of generosity speaks of in Proverbs, how we ought to be generous, how we ought to be giving to the poor, and how we ought to be helping um, each other because God is a generous God. Um, the fifth category that I've dealt with is wealth and poverty, wealth and poverty. Um, the Bible or Proverbs speaks a lot about um, wealth and poverty and uh, how we ought to look at our wealth and how we ought to look at poverty. Um, and what I find is a lot of these, um, uh, a lot of these categories will challenge some of our common thinking today, and, and it needs to be challenged. Um, the sixth category was discipline, just in a general sense of how to deal with discipline, how to deal with correction, rebuke, and so forth. Um, and the seventh category was diligence and laziness. Um, and then the eighth category was God's character that we dealt with today. The category of diligence and laziness I actually used as a theme for the men's retreat and talked uh, a bit on that at, at, at that conference so our men will remember some of that. But even though I dealt with the same topic here, um, I dealt with it in a totally different way. And so it was two different messages and two different um, two different applications so uh, I did that so that um, maybe that everyone would get something out of it and not just repeat what I said at the men's retreat <clears throat> and so today we talked about God's character and um, what Proverbs teaches us about that and as I mentioned there's a lot that that can be said uh, about that and a lot that needs to be said um, and so those are the eight categories. Um, is there one that, that intrigued you as you look back through, and we're not finished yet, but as you look back through the study on Proverbs, um, is this something, is a theme that reoccurred to you um, that, that spoke to your heart? All right. It is something that we have to see, and it's also something we have to discern. Um, just like Proverbs, um, I can't speak and categorically say what every person is that asks for money. It's something that I think that we have to discern. I myself have given uh, uh, to people, um, and I don't, I don't think that you're, you're wrong for forgiving, but I think what we need to do is look and ask the question, what is that person's real need, and how can I best help 
that need. And so what I've, I've learned to do is, is, I don't always do this, but sometimes if I, I'll take the time out and actually talk to that person and ask what do they want or what do they need. Um, I was watching a, a, a sports show and uh, um, Charles Barkley was saying one time, <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't even quote Charles Barkley in church, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says, yeah. <laughs> Charles Barkley said he was in some city that he was traveling playing basketball, and there's somebody. Um, he, in fact, he, well, anyway, he, he, he was saying he normally doesn't give to people, and I was, I was interested in him saying that. And he, he said, uh, usually I, I don't give to them because if, if they can if they can say, you know, you have any change, they can also say, welcome to McDonald's, can I, how can I help you? <laughs> and so, <laughs> he, he was saying that they, they, they could work and, and do a job. He said, but there's one guy that he saw that had such a creative sign. He said, the guy had a sign that says, uh, I ain't going to lie to you. I want your money because I need to buy some liquor. And, and he said he saw that sign. He gave the guy, he gave the guy $100 for honesty. <laughs> for being honest. Uh, but the point there is that <clears throat> God does hold us accountable um, for taking care of our money and how we spend our money. And I, I do have to look at, am I wasting my money for a person who do doesn't truly have a need? So sometimes you have to test that out. I've done that myself. Uh, different people have come to the church and say, you know, Pastor, can you give me $10? And they always give me a story of why they need that money. And I usually ask them, do you need a ride or do you need food? God will not give you money, but do you need a ride or do you need food? Or what is it that you need? When I found out what they need and then I offered to give them that, I found that I have few takers who actually want that. So they really don't want the, the food. I've, I've gone to the store and bought food. I can tell you all kinds of stories. I bought some groceries for a guy. He told me I, I bought fruit. I bought a loaf of bread. I bought some salami or some lunch meat and some dressing to like some, you know, some whip, miracle whip to go with that and some cheese. And, you know, you could make you a nice little lunch with what I bought. And, he t and some apples, some fruit. He told me he allergic to apples. I said, now, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but I ain't never heard nobody allergic to apples. He didn't want the food that I gave him. I'm not saying everybody is like this, but he didn't want the food. He wanted cash money. And when I started making a principle that I don't give cash money, but I'll offer you help, uh, give you a sandwich or come in the house. I've had people come to my door and say, hey, let me make you a sandwich. Um, and some people take that. And some people are genuine. They have a need. Others don't. And they, they have this long story, and, and they want something else. So I try to really get to what the true need is and try to minister to that instead of giving just cash. One of the things that, that people in the world do, I think we as Christians have to be careful about, <coughs> they give, how can I say this? They give because they don't want to give. They did really don't want to be involved with the person. They just want to say that they help somebody, so they throw money at them, basically. And 
are you really helping in, in that sense? Why don't you try to see what they really, truly need? Now, if you do that, you're going to get in trouble. I've given people rides that I probably shouldn't give them to, put my family in jeopardy, and God, you know, spared us. <laughs> I can't wait to get to heaven to see all the, the, all the, the history of what God spared me from. Um, so I've got to be careful about that. <clears throat> um, but we are accountable for what we do. I'm not suggesting that we do nothing, that we do nothing, or that we be stingy, or that we not be generous to genuine needs. The, the sad thing is there are people who have genuine needs, um, but when they try to trick you into giving, um, it kind of turns you off from, from ministering to, to that need. So I have a general policy, and that's just me. Um, I don't give anybody cash. I just don't. For one, I don't carry cash. Um, and I don't give it even if I can. you give me any cash? I said, no, I can't. He said, God bless you. I said, God bless you too. Um, I'm to spend with him other than that, but um, I would rather them, um, I'd rather spend my money in, in good ways where I know where it's going than to throw it and waste it. I don't waste money on myself, and I'm not going to waste it on, on anybody else. I, I use that policy. I'm not going to give you what I don't even give my kids. <clears throat> there's another principle there too is that people say well it's nothing they use the same um, use the same tactic uh, in gambling you know I go to Potawatomi but I only spend my little extra money I'm not spending my paycheck I'm not wasting my whole you know um, I'm not spending my kids shoe money uh, I'm just spending my little extra money I got that I can spend it as I please my question is, do you seek to please God in everything that you do? And, and are you trying to do that? Or is this what you have yours and you can do as you please with it? Or does it really belong to the Lord? Are you going to do as he pleases with it? And so, uh, all right, I've talked long enough. Anybody else with a question, comment, testimony? <clears throat> talking about our eight categories of Proverbs or anything connected to it. starts off with the premise that if you're wise, you will listen and you will hear, but it, it's, it's kind of a circular thing. Those who listen and hear are wise. They become wise by listening and hearing. Um, and so we realize even from that, that it's something that God has to do in our lives to get us on that cycle of listening and hearing and responding to his word because we don't just automatically do it on our own. How many people that are more intelligent have a higher IQ and, and, and uh, they study, they read books, they understand all these worldly things, but don't have a relationship with God as God has called us into? They are fools. There's no amount of knowledge that's going to bring them into truth and bring them into to God. God has to call and God has to, to impart to us that, that wisdom and that, that life so that we might see him and know him and have relationship with him. Anybody else? Any other comments, questions? Testimonies? Start on this side with Heidi. What does the world say about raising children? And, and I ask the question, why are they so interested in how we 
would raise our children. I know the common knowledge is we don't want to see children abused, right? Strong discipline is not abuse, and it doesn't cross that line. One of the character traits that Proverbs talks about is anger and controlling our anger. And so a parent should not speak to or discipline their child in their selfish anger. Now, you, you know, if you study anger, there's, there's a righteous anger and there's a sinful anger. Um, God is angry with the wicked all the time. That's not a sinful anger. But we have to be careful in our anger because we don't have the same character as God has. And so we have to be careful and we have to examine our anger so that we're not responding back to our children in, in anger. And so as we learn that, then we understand what does that child require? What does Proverbs require? What does God's word require that I do? And one of the, the greatest lessons I think as a parent we can learn is who should we model ourselves after? Who's the greatest parent? God. God himself. He is called God the Father. And we are his children. How does he deal with us? How did he deal with his own son? I'm not talking about correcting their sinful behavior because Jesus had none. But how does he deal with steering his son in the path that he had for him, in the path that he should go and, and directing that? How, 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 does, how does God view that? How does God deal with us? I think our, our problem today is that as parents, we want to be cool with our children. I want them to relate to us, to like us, to feel good about us, instead of recognizing what our responsibility is, is to prepare them for life and for eternity. <clears throat> and, 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 and seeing both, um, I understand abuse. The Bible does not teach abuse, but it does teach correct discipline and what that discipline does. Um, and so, yeah, we, we need to follow that. Now, in this day and age, we need to be wise about how we do that. Um, you might not be able to parent the way my parents did back in the day. They were able to give open whoopings. And I still say I was never abused. But they, they didn't do whoopings out in the open. So you, you can't really spank a child at pick and save at Walmart in the parking lot or, 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 or in the grocery store. You can't do that that way anymore. Um, because people don't understand what you're doing and they don't know your relationship. Um, and so you need, to, you need to, to, to take that aside. In fact, you probably shouldn't do that anyway. Um, discipline, I use this, this is kind of like my own proverb. Discipline should be done privately. Praise should be done openly. Now, Proverbs has some principles about doing that. We see that in Matthew as well. You have a problem with a person, Matthew 18, go to that person, just you and him alone. We looked at the verse in Proverbs that says that same thing. Go privately. You don't publicly um, uh, address uh, a discipline issue or a problem. You do it privately. And so the same principle with your children. If you take them aside and you privately um, find out what the real issue is and you address that privately. 
Don't try to shame them in front of people. Uh, and you don't, as I said before, you don't do it in your anger. So some of those principles, as you start reading the Word of God, they just become common sense. And I wonder where did people stray from that and why did they stray from that and, and where did they get that from? Is that biblical that they got that from or is that, you know, something they got from some Oprah Winfrey or some talk show or some books some psychiatrist had or something else um, that wasn't the Word of God? So. Um, yeah, we have to challenge our thinking on, on are we going by the Word of God, and what does the Word of God say about that? So, so that, that discipline of children is, is, is one of those things. I mentioned you, you do it privately. You, you, don't, you don't do it openly. Um, the Bible talks about if you discipline your child, he will not die. Uh, the principle there is you're not trying to kill him, right? In fact, you're not even trying to hurt him. You're trying to discipline them and to steer them in the right path. Um, and so there's some ways and some correct ways and there's some incorrect ways of doing that. And, and, and uh, uh, what we should be learning that is from parent to parent and from person to person. But the fact is we, we, need, to, we need to teach that more, um, more openly because people aren't, aren't getting that. <coughs> um, as a man, as a, as a father, you have to be careful with how aggressive you can become towards your children because of your size and your strength. You have to be very careful about that. And so that's one of the reasons um, uh, like a belt was used or a paddle was used instead of a hand uh, for several reasons. Uh, 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 because um, you, uh, um, the power of your hand you can hurt and, and, and you, can, you can injure. Um, and so you you showed reservation in, in how you addressed that and, and did that in a certain way. So I, I could talk more specifically about that, but the main thing is we need to question what the world says, we need to examine what the Bible says, and we need to, to um, stick to what, what God says. Um, uh, what God, any other questions? Beverly? Proverbs says a lot about how we should speak to each other, and we need to apply those in in our everyday, um, in our everyday uh, life and everyday dealings. Um, that's a, such an important one. We need to learn as we look at Proverbs. Now we have something to gauge ourselves on. You know, we all have brought up in a home, and that was that was our baseline. But when we start looking at the Word of God, and we see how things ought to be, and we can. Uh, discern and judge whether or not my home was right in that point or whether it was off the mark in that and then how I should do as a parent <coughs> we need to learn that Proverbs is very rich in how, uh, how what we can learn about speaking to each other gracious words kind words uh, but not just that direct words words that aren't uh, deceitful and, and lies talks about the the, um, um, the the bad thing of flattery. In other words, you don't just say nice things to say nice things, um, to be truthful. Uh, and, and, and the living example is Jesus. I'm so glad God had his son come and take on a human body and deal with human situations. He dealt with people who hated him, who wanted to kill him, uh, who, who always tried to catch him at his words. And how he was, um, he was not always nice to them. 
that is not necessarily a definition of what a Christian is. Um, he dealt with them. If you, if, if you look at Matthew 22, you'll see how he challenged them in many ways. Um, uh, he wasn't um, hesitant to call them what they were, hypocrites, and to, to speak truth to them. Um, uh, but he was very skillful in his words. He was not careless in his words. Um, and, he, you know, God's example is just, I'm thankful for that rich example of Proverbs and Jesus' own life that, that kind of uh, helps us along that path. Sounds okay. <clears throat> if I look at these categories, there are areas that God challenges me to work on in my life. And he's challenging you to work on in your life. We have not all yet arrived. In fact, none of us have yet arrived. Um, but there are areas that, that God is, is perfecting in us. And so as we read this, as we study through it, um, our prayer is that we won't just close the book on Proverbs. We will continue uh, to consider what God has to say and, and to, um, uh, to, to, to move to be more and more um, the way that he wants us to be in, in all of these areas. Righteousness, wickedness, wise and foolish, communications, character, or wealth and poverty, discipline, diligence and laziness, and God's character. Let's close in a word of prayer tonight. Father, we thank you for um, this opportunity to just to share and to, to hear from your people how your word is, is, is being worked into their daily lives. So we pray that you will continue this process and, and that we'll continue to take in your word and to um, respond in right ways to it bring glory in our lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wise and foolish. Three was communication. And four is character. That's kind of the...